Hello, and welcome to Abnormal Mapping, episode 93. I'm your host, M, and with me is my regular co-host, Jackson. Hello. Gundam it's E3 us. Fallout month, in that yep. E3 happened during this month, and we sure watched the two hours of commercials that were there. Yeah. Two hours of commercials, an hour and a half of telling the gamers that you definitely didn't terrorize all of us who make games, but you are the reason that we do everything we do, mostly out of fear that you will come for us. <laughs> you are the reason that we do this, and there's never been a better time to make video games than right now, which is why we're not really making any video games. <laughs> you know, we don't make games, uh, we've mostly pivoted to gambling, and definitely no one's getting a union, so we're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> There's a new Xbox coming soon, and you'll buy it, you marks. <laughs> I won't. I I don't. I haven't bought an Xbox in uh, over ten years. That's true. Yeah. We're here to talk about video games. Did we want? Did we want to actually talk about E3? I feel like it's been a lifetime ago. We kept promising we'd do an E3 episode of like Voip Life, and then didn't do that. And now here we are in our video game podcast, where we could talk about E3 if you wanted. And I forgot that it happened. I was like, oh right, <laughs> E3. That was this month that happened this month didn't it it was fine it was less painful than last year in terms of like sitting through streams i mean sony wasn't there sony wasn't there um and ea didn't have a press conference i didn't watch it uh yeah and like i I don't really care about half most of the things that i talked about but i you know i enjoyed making jokes with everyone on the skype calls and the twitter and everything and it was fine the director was excited for the nintendo direct yes as always (laughs) um they should not have done Bowser like that. They should not have done Bowser like that. God. Uh, I, You know, Nintendo are, they are the only company putting out games that I, um, I'm i like, yeah, I'm excited for all these. Which makes me feel bad. Because, you know, Nintendo are a conservative bad company. Like, this isn't like a, you know, people often think like Nintendo, they're the good ones. They are, they're our friends. And no, they're just very good at marketing and have games that aren't about shooting people in the face. Yep. That's, that's really all it takes. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm excited for Ultimate Alliance 3 and what have you. These are the things that keep me going. <laughs> uh, fair enough. I'm excited for Dragon Quest Eleven, a game that's been out for a year. <laughs> yeah, but now you can speed it up and ride all the monsters. That's true. There's going to be more Hollow Knight one day. Yeah, there's rumors circulating that that's coming out sooner rather than later, which I like is nice, I guess, for I think I want that game to come out next year. If it comes out this year, I don't know if I'm going to find the time to invest in it the way I want to. Yeah, I think this is based around like phrasing in the in the treehouse segment where the, where the yes. their reps is like, they're just touching it up. But they touched up Hollow Knight for a long time. Yeah. Like, I imagine that I mean, game... yeah, original Hollow Knight was one of those games that's been, like, in development, was in development for, like, eight years or some bullshit, so I yeah. think. I might be wrong. I imagine the the game's content complete, and that that could be next... That, that's probably still gonna be next year to me. Um, yeah, that's I fine. I, I would prefer next year. Uh, that's just me. Yep. There's, there's such a thing as too much of a good thing, uh, even when it's my favorite thing. You really love that Hollow Knight. I do. It's one of the best. I want to go back to it. I I um, played a bunch of it earlier uh, in December uh, and got pushed off of it around uh, just stuff going on in my life. But it was very, very good. I, I was so oh, proud you mean of around playing Final Fantasy again? <laughs> no, it was around my brain. Yeah. Um, but also that. <laughs> right, I forgot that Final Fantasy XII happened. God. <laughs> Yes. Like as an imposition upon me, which is not really fair to it, because a lot of it's good, but 
That's how it sits in my memory. But I remember being very, very proud of uh, the early goings of Hollow Knight because I went through the first few bosses without dying. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I, I died a bunch in the game, but I haven't have not died at a, at a boss yet. Yeah, because I'm. It's good. It's a good time. Were you about to say that you're good at games? Yeah. Well, you could just do that. I wouldn't call you out on it too much. <laughs> it's just, it's not like Hollow Knight has Goombas in it. If there was Goombas in it, right, you could get but... fucked. <laughs> just because you are like abnormally good at platformers. If you want to know what we're joking about, please no! watch Jackson die to the first Goomba on Super Mario Brothers. It, it wasn't. It wasn't that I died to the first Goomba on Super Mario Brothers. It was the fact that I did that and then died to the first game on Mario Brothers three, and neither of those were like planned bits. No, no, it's very weird and funny. <laughs> I'm not that bad at Mario game. They just happen to not be paying attention properly. I mean, people have footage of how good you are at Mario games to compare against. So you know, who can say? Man, that was a good time. Let the tape decide. <laughs> just gonna play through the Mario games again. Morning Mario two. Okay. I'm not going to do Take that. Take footage of 64 this time. <laughs> yeah, no. That's a good game. I would, I, I would ha- happily watch someone play through Mario 64 anytime, so. Yep. God. <laughs> well, I'm thinking about getting back to Let's Play. We'll see if we have the time, but I would like to find a way to do that. Because turning yeah. things into work is the only way I cope with being alive. <laughs> yeah. I'm See, I'm trying to get away from turning things into work, and you're leaning in, so... This is how it goes. Yeah. When one waxes, the other must wane. Yeah, we'll see if that materializes, but I, I would like to. I have some plans, um, but nothing to like announce. That's just a thing I'm leaning towards. Could all change in a week. You never know. In this, I mean, once world. every two weeks, I go. Hmm, I should really get back to Dark Souls too, and that's the extent of my plans. My plans <laughs> are there. Well, my plans are like we're never, ever, ever going to be able to play a JRPG on this podcast again. That's, I don't think that's true, but it's definitely true for a while. I'm pretty burnt out on games right now. So I should I should find a way to do that. Because I, I can't do it without turning it into work, because I don't really have the time to justify spending all week playing a JRPG like I used to. Because uh, I do that occasionally, and then I'm just so behind on everything that I have to like catch up. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see. Uh, then I have to decide which JRPGs to play, and there's so many. There's so many. Super Mario uh, you know what you should, yeah you know what you should play you should play mario but the rpg one <laughs> uh, yeah that's high on the list i want to play a dragon quest probably four would be my guess okay. um whether these are recorded is other than that but i do want to fill in jrpgs that aren't fucking final fantasy games because if left to my own devices i would just play all of them forever uh but that's not really a good way to be if you want to be a good critic of caring about things broadly <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Yep. But that's that. That's all that's going on with me. Finish Birth by Sleep. Speaking of JRPGs. Oh, how is that? It's great. It's the first good Kingdom Hearts game. Um, You liked 358 over 2. I did. Uh, I half liked it. I think it's a mostly very good game that... Well, well both 358 and over 2 and Birth by Sleep are games that are unfucking the mess that is Kingdom Hearts 2's just nuclear bomb of a story um, yes uh, and between the two of them it's been it's it's been mostly unfucked and i am ready for what comes next I, it will not be bad i, I can't believe they two did more it. games unfucking the story uh, yeah no there's two more which i know recoded is a game where you replay kingdom hearts one and chain of memories 
So the idea, just Kingdom Hearts should be illegal, is what I'm saying. Wow. Uh, and uh, then there's Dream Drop Distance, which I've literally no. I have some annoying spoilers, but they're all End Game Three stuff. No clue what happens in Dream Drop Distance. It's a Pokemon clone. Uh, a Pokemon okay. the wrong. It's a monster collecting game. One of those. It's a whole genre of JRPGs. Yes. Yes. Um, but that's me. That's what's going on with me. You got anything cool. to say? Uh, I started playing Xenoblade Chronicles, but I'm only two hours into it, so I don't have anything to say on that front. Other than uh, video games didn't need to get much more complicated than what we saw on the Wii. Like, I like it if it's in HD, but, you know, take or leave it. Um, it's good. Video games are got going to HD was a mistake. I think we can all agree on that now. Everything runs like shit. It loads forever. It takes up too much space. Uh, everyone fucking is killing themselves making the games, and they have to put slot machines in it to justify the cost. It's all bad. Yep. It it sucks. Um, have yeah. you seen the um? I assume, I assume you have because they did a they did a game tape on it. But that Nintendo two thousand and six like revolution announcement or two thousand four when they announced that that E three conference. Um, mm-hmm. They spend a large chunk of it explaining that, like, no, we are keeping this as a GameCube, but with a waggle thing, so you don't have to spend any more money making the games. Uh, yes. That's, like, part of their pitch. And it's really good how that plays now when they lost that fight and the everything is dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's good that someone thought of it, at least. Yeah. Alas. Yeah. Uh, but I hear very, very good things about Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, the Monado. It seems nice. It seems good. It's it's. I it, I really wish I had a speed up button like the Final Fantasies do these days. Yep. Um. I don't. I, don't... I play. I, I sit down for an hour and get very little accomplished other than running around fighting things. So. I mean that game's like seventy hours long. Yeah. Um. So you know, but it does seem very cool. Yeah. Uh, but I guess I guess that's that. I guess we should talk about the, so. We announced that we were going to do one video game. We're doing two. Um, yeah. Because the video game we decided to do, we have very, very little to say on it. It didn't end up suiting our like format very well. So we're going to talk about that briefly now, but then we're going to, after that, talk about another game that we've both played this month. Um, yeah. Bit of a weird episode, but hopefully it'll be fine. <laughs> first game that we're going to be talking about this month is Deception 4, The Nightmare Princess. Or I guess Deception 4 Blood Ties, because that's really the bit that we played some of. Um, this is a game from 2014 or 2015 for the updated version on the PS3 and PS4, uh, developed by uh, Tecmo Koei, uh, just, in, just an in-house team, uh, directed by Makoto Shibata and Masaki Shibuya, uh, and it is part of the long-running Deception series that was also like called Kagero back in the day and one of the games was just called Trapped with a T because localizing games was very different on the PS2. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But it's it's a series in which you play as as some sort of demon lady, um, creating a bunch of traps to like kill the people who come into your castle. Uh, you know, you, you'll set up rakes for them to walk onto, um, ridiculous axes that swing from the sky, and try to build them into combos um, in order to turn down their health. And that's basically the setup of the entire game. That's that's where the game comes from. And that's it. That's 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 what we played. Yeah, uh, it and is we, like that. We played it for a few hours, and then realized that for the kind of conversations we have on this podcast, there's not much to say about it. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a big long story, but it's mostly just skits about new people wandering into your death rooms. Um, as you slowly build up the capacity to bring your father, the devil, back to life. Uh, yep. And and it's weird because it, it like there's a lot of ladies and a lot of very uh, like sheer dresses in a way that is meant to evoke a horny game. But they have four pieces of art and <laughs> none of and all of them are just like the person standing there talking. So it never actually could get there in a thousand years. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's like everyone's kind of flirting back and forth, and they're all like broadly drawn to be the personalities you want, right? You know, um, one of them's Sudere, one of them's cute but creepy, uh, one of them's the, I guess, the responsible one, and then there's the main character who is pretty taciturn. Yep. I will commend them for their like character who fits into the fucking, you know, usually is a lolly type mode, but is very clearly an adult, just, you know, is a smaller frame. Ah, it's amazing that these are the standards by which we hold video games. (laughs) Anime is a crime, is what I'm saying. The cute cute girl, the cute evil girl isn't going to get you put on a list. Yeah, you're like, I don't feel like I'm about to be on a watch list looking at this game. Well done. Well done, everyone. (laughs) You passed the bar. Uh, and it's fine. Like, I actually quite like it. I think it's, like, very comforting, right? You, you, the, there's a tiny skit about some, um overeager soldier who's gonna go kill the witch and they all come into your house and then you set up a bunch of traps and they run into them and they get owned and that's the whole game and it's a good loop i think um, mm-hmm. i think it's very uh what's the word just just kind of like a good uh unsurprising type thing to mess around with um it becomes more about what kind of combos can you build than it does about the challenge of how are you going to kill these guys? Because uh, some of the weaknesses come into play, but really, uh, so long as you put enough things down, you can always kill these guys. It's not like their attack's going to hit you because you can dodge everything easily. Um, so it's not a challenging game. The challenge comes in making your own fun of knocking guys into toilets. Uh, and the actual challenge satisfying. is to not walk into the lightning trap in the church over and over again, oh, which I've fucking... done so many times. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and that part's fun, but I think it's kind of limited. Um, or limited is the wrong way. It's kind of awkward because it's in real time. So, the, like, mm-hmm. a lot of the gameplay becomes about trying to lead people's ai travel like ai routines into the path you want so you can activate your trap chain yes um, and like that's the majority of the time you spend on the game is trying to coax uh you know someone's uh you know pathing into the right place so you could get your um 
extreme trap chain off and knock everyone into the right walls um and that's tedious that's tedious and grating in a way that i don't really know how to solve because if they just walked on a lemming style path into the traps then that'll be fun but there's no there's nothing there i've just that's just the game right you just make the traps and you go <laughs> and then you walk away feeling very empty uh, which is fine it's a snack food game um uh so the thing that happened is we have this playstation 4 version as the nightmare princess thing and i started with that and not the story mode um which is a much harder because it's clearly meant for people who'd already played the original game it is a much harder mode from the jump where you're given a much bigger palette of items and slots to use because you start i think with i think you start with six trap slots in that you start with three um Oh, in, no, in that in one, the, yes. in the quest, yeah, yeah. In, in that mode, um, and just more stuff, and immediately it's like to progress, you you can just like kill the guy with like a combo, like a three hit combo, but to get new unlocks, you have like three like extra challenges, and they are they start much harder. Where it's like, make sure that you knock over a pillar in this room and the guy gets hit by an aerial combo, and the thing that kills him needs to be a humiliation trap, um, and. That stuff was much more, it was much more labor intensive to do, but was inherent, like, because I started with that, like, my bar was set to this was how I was thinking. So when I went to the story mode, and it's just lead a single guy into a three trap because all you have is three slots, and you have to do it four times because he doesn't, he has a huge health bar because he's the end of the chapter. Um, I was like, oh, I feel like this game is starting to, like, the way the expectation for the enjoyment is off from how I wanted to play it, which is just set up a huge giant trap that yes. will kill them in one hit. And the game, at least at the initial like story beats does not allow you to do that really, unless you're really lucky. Yeah. That, that was definitely my experience. Cause that's the, what I wanted, but it ended up being just kind of leading everyone to the same traps over and over, at least in the like parts that I played. Um, yes. Eventually you get to characters who won't fall for the same trap again. So you just have to build new ones, but you don't, you still don't have the big long six string trap until like, later in the game so you still can't kill the end boss with one trap so you just have to build a trap do some damage and then run around and build a second trap while they slowly like march at you with their sword out uh which is not like fun there's a lot of waiting around that i think is unnecessary it ends up being a thing where like it's trappings of being a rpg hold it back yes Um, because it sounds like because I, I haven't tried the nightmare princess levels um but definitely my vision of the best version of this game is leaning into it being puzzles because you're yes. given pieces uh, that are basically making these chains that connect well, to each other the the nightmare princess one doesn't even have you can't even go between rooms like you only have the room that they set you in it's very Good. much a more puzzle focused mode because that's the stuff i like is this is what's happening um the, here's the opportunities you have how are you going to like efficiently solve this in the best and funniest way um yeah because you're not really even when they start like avoiding the traps or like shooting you from a distance you're not really in any danger of di- dying unless you're very very bad yes um because that's just not where the challenge is uh, so i would have liked them to just lean more openly into this is a puzzle game and can you figure out what slots here because i i feel like it's just very open from the jump in a way that is a bit like it's limited in that it only gives you a few slots but you can put anything in them most enemies at the start will go for any of them and you're not encouraged to like think in terms of 
you know what fits here you have to you know build the whole chain you're either like in the tutorials you're given entire chains to repeat or you're just given a blank space and a very easy target um i was expecting more of like a uh, there's a trap here at this point you can't move this one you can't move this one how do you like make things that can connect them or you know concepts like starting chains uh linking traps um aren't really explored in the design you just have to do that yourself um mm -hmm. which is frustrating because it's the best parts of the game is when you you know get everyone into the right like you know you should go watch the quick look at this is dan Riker is so satisfied when he gets like an eight chain <laughs> Yeah, because getting an 8-chain is amazing. It's just the game, I don't think, equips you to easily get 8-chains. Or the maybe worst part is once you know how to make an 8-chain, it's very easy to make the same 8-chain over yes, again. Yes, that's my problem as well, is that I, I, I didn't learn how to chain items. I learned, like, recipes. Um, so I, yes. I know that I have a reliable 4-chain. I can always build this, you know, if... Yeah. You can do the boulder to the um, a flipper that can launch them into the air. If you time that right, you can get the axe, which we can get them to the like pumpkin, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. And so I, I just kind of end up relying on the same combinations because I know they work and I understand them. Um, I think the game would do well to like push you into understanding the properties of individual items and how you could combine them in a more like yeah this is why i think the nightmare way. princess mode is better despite being like clearly not the focus of the game mm -hmm. uh because it's built around this one you have to use this item that you've never used before yeah. and um usually when you do that your reward is like the star version of that item with like better stats mm -hmm. which is good and um it's just built more around like being a puzzle game like it just turns into that and it helps a lot and in that mode i like you don't have to play this way but i feel like it's much more inclined to if you build the traps with the tools you have you are going to be able to get everyone in a single combo that's the thing you're aiming for every time yes and i just don't think the actual story mode allows for that even i mean literally does not allow you can't do damage enough to do that early on for some characters uh, no for sure um which is good that like i guess it kind of renders our critiques moot that they made a thing that is addressing all of this <laughs> Yes. Uh, the next thing definitely goes in that direction and leans into the like designs that are interesting. But also, it's like the the challenge hard mode for people who played the first game, right? Like right, who yeah. already played it. Um. Um, which makes sense, I guess, because like this is a uh, low budget Japanese game for about twelve people. Yeah. Um, this is not a big wide uh, release or anything. Um, and but I do think it's cool. I I appreciate just it is a. It is a thing that is not very common. Um, I feel like, even though it definitely, um, like it's not dissimilar to tower defense, right? Uh, yeah. Um, games in which you'd set up your thing and then you watch it play out. That that is a that is that that is a the, this this game's pretty unique in its framing of that in how it like designs it a bit around real time leading people into traps. But these are the satisfying elements that are like. Uh, a whole all spur out games um because i think tower defense is a good uh good point of comparison what the, is it dungeon keeper what's the, what's the game because i've never played any of them and i this is a this is just a, i haven't played enough pc games what's the game where you like you are the guy who runs the dungeon and you have to like stop people from getting through the dungeon i mean dungeon keepers like that okay. and that bad man game that got its name changed is like that, that <laughs> PSP series. right yes 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 
Evil Genius 2. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't have really much more to say other than uh, I wish it was more of a puzzle game. It's fun. It's the slightest thing on Earth. Uh, if you just want to walk around and throw some guy into a basketball hoop, it's going to be good. You'll be satisfied when that happens every time. But that's really the one thing it has to offer. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird because, like, I was excited to get out of our comfort zone a little with this one. But also, the problem is uh, there are versions of video games that don't lend themselves to what we do here, right? Like, it's fine. Like, it's not a problem if a game is just, like, a fun mousetrap thing that you build and you go, that's really funny when the mousetrap half goes off. It's very funny Uh, when the mousetrap goes off. And it's fine. It's like the limits of like media criticism when video games can be just formalist structured. Like it's a, it's a toy in a good way. Like, you know, I remember when everyone went apeshit with Miyamoto was like, we music's just a toy. It's not a video game. It's better than a video game. I, he's, he's right. But I, I, we talk about video games here. So when it's a bit of a toy, it's hard to talk about sometimes. Uh, I definitely would have loved this as a kid. Right. Just cause yes, like, I'm going to make this kind of trap and see if I can get him to fall into this is the entire game. Uh, yep. Which is just, you know, me playing um, uh, Stranglehold and trying to slow motion shoot everyone in the balls every time. Like, yep. it's, it's made for that kind of stuff. Apart from the fact uh, where no one's wearing any clothes. Um, but, you, you, you know, you take what you can get. <laughs> uh, just, you know, when you're doing a podcast and playing games for deadlines, you just don't work that way. And my brain doesn't work that I'm, I, I wish I was capable of enjoying games that way still. And I'm not. Yep. That was a shame. I'm just, I'm glad we played it. We didn't, we didn't um, fall for it in the way that would have been nice, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to talk about the other game we have? <laughs> picked uh because i was playing it and was like i'd much rather have been talked to you i was talking privately about how much i'd much rather be talking about this game than deception you were like well, we could just talk about this game i recognize this violates our formal rules of how we play video games uh because there is an we do not pick games that are less than a year old typically uh but this is an addition to an old game so i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna say that while i understand that i violated the law uh, I am the law, also. Yeah, so. you, you, you're the one who decided this arbitrarily, and now you have just as arbitrarily decided to break it. <laughs> you're over here like, none of this matters, nobody cares. I care and must tell you that I care. Because someone out there is probably someone who cares at least a little bit as much as me. No, they don't exist. There's not one oh. person. Anyway. It has been six we months, talking- uh, the game we're talking about is Pikuniku, which is developed by Sector Dove and published by Devolver Digital. This came out on Windows and Switch earlier this year. Um, 
and is a short uh, advent like adventure game with some light puzzle elements uh in which you are the beast a red blob with eyes and uh, long legs who emerges from a cave into a set of towns and spaces that have been slowly encroached upon by uh, mr sunshine a man who who is promising free money to all the populace, they'll never have to worry. They'll be happy. They'll have money as long as he can take a little bit of the stuff that they don't need, like water or wood or corn. You know, food and drink. <laughs> yep. Uh, and thus you help these people as they realize maybe uh, trading all of our food for coins is not actually super helpful when we didn't need them before. And... Uh, they don't really do as much now. Uh, and you decide to help them through uh, walking around and kicking things and being a blob that everyone was scared of because you were the fabled beast until they realized that you're just kind of chill and generally helpful. Yep, that's <laughs> Might me. say a cutting remark now and then. I'm kind of chill and generally helpful. <laughs> and sometimes you say a cutting remark now and then. Yeah, kind of chill and incredibly helpful is the um, uh, movie about 9-11. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, so, Piganiku, uh it was a game that you recommended to me. You enjoying it, and you, you know, yeah. like this podcast, a little thin. Let's talk about this other game. Uh, and I had mostly a very good time with this game. Uh, I thought it was chill. Uh, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I think it has one of the all-time best walk cycles in video games. Uh, they understand that walking as a bull with a, like long legs is just good inherently. Yes, uh, and I love that. Yeah, uh, because uh, it's weird because like you, you when you start off, you're like, oh, is this gonna be like a weird physicsy game? And it's not really, because it, it, it doesn't care about. It's very sloppy in that way, and the way in which you just kind of ropely drag your legs through this world by being a, t a big ball with big long legs uh, is so good. Uh, it's I love it. I love the feel of it. Yep. Um, yep. To the point where like disappointed is the wrong word, but like I. I wanted to be able to do more platformy things. I understand that's not mm. really the game's focus. Um, that would be that would be difficult considering any time the game asks you to jump, it is a crapshoot on how that's going to go because yep. uh, the jumping in this game is not particularly great. <laughs> so, for example, uh, I think that it should be locked in game prison for the fact that when you uh, so you walk left and right, walk normal, press the A button, jump, uh, but you've got really long legs, so when you push the, the stick down, uh, you do a big crouch, and if you jump while in crouched, you do not do a better jump. In fact, you do a worse jump, because the jump height is calculated from the blob height, uh, and not mm -hmm. the leg height. Uh, and in that moment, I was like, no, you you should should be able to do a proper jump when you when you use your springy legs. Um, but as the game is just not interested in, like, a movement uh, expressive movement in that way it's fine uh but yeah. definitely as i was like just a lot of the you navigate the world a lot you jump around the world you go to places and it would have been more fun um to express that more uh but i don't think it like brings the game down or anything no the uh the replacement for an expressive jump is the fact that you could just kick right whenever you want by pressing the button yep. and uh that means kicking everyone you meet and all the stuff in their houses yep. and everything in the environment if it is interact with interact withable at all like it moves when you walk around it i'm gonna kick it 
Uh, yeah. And it led to oh. bits where I was like, do I have to kick this acorn through this entire thing to solve a puzzle? And the answer was Absolutely no, <laughs> but I did kick the acorn with me for a long time and then tried desperately to get it over a ridge that I just couldn't do. No, that ridge is there to tell you that you don't need the acorn. <laughs> what if I can get the acorn over the ridge? What if I can get the acorn no. over the ridge? I mean, maybe you could, but there's nothing to do with it. So you definitely can, the way that kick works. I'm just bad at it, but yep. you could, someone could, not me. Uh, but no, there's, uh, th- there's like a very good, like, kid telling a rambly story quality to Pikuniku, especially with like the ways in which that kick interacts with the world. Or like, you go to the first town and you bounce in this guy's house and he's just making, he makes pottery and his house is just full of pottery. And he's like, look at my beautiful pots. And so I did the obvious thing, which is jump <laughs> up on the shelves and kick all the pots until they were pieces. 100%. And then we go talk to him. He, you talk to him and he's like, well, maybe, maybe shattering pots is as good as appreciating them. And you're like, yeah, of course it is. Then you just walk out again. <laughs> Uh, yeah. and the like low stakes version of it is a safe environment that it will always be cute to just like fuck around in, uh, extremely good. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, because you know, there's nothing really wrong other than capitalism. Uh, you just have to believe in the free money, Jackson. I do have to believe in the free money. If you don't believe in free money, I'll listen to this guy. And he lifts his hat, and there's another guy who's just like him, who's like, trust me, it's free money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which is good. when I decided the game was good, actually. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, um, thinking emoji is the wrong word, but uh, this is a wide genre of game now, where it is yes. light puzzle game that is soft, cute aesthetics, uh what is also you know anti-capitalist but only in like the vaguest uh of feel-good terms right um mm-hmm. this is what donut county was uh, uh I, no. I think this is a much better game than donut county but i think that, i think it i think it understands way more than donut county does also no, no, my, I, I didn't mean that I, I meant this as a point of comparison right like i think okay. that this game is better than this but i think that they absolutely fit in with the same like outwardly presenting mold sure um, which is why i was going in like is this just going to be another donut county and it's not um a context for anyone who's listening we don't like donut county we think it's bad at this because that's a game. Uh, it's bad it's bad at storytelling it's a bad video game it's production is full of a lot of uh suspect shit uh i think we talked about donut county at the end of last year so you know you could just go listen to that one of the worst games of 2018 but that game definitely has the um has a thing where in in trying to do this uh and like soak its um anti-capitalist uh story and a kind of it, kind of memeable relatability like half that game just feels like drill shit posts um and this game like leans into some of that but it still feels incredibly earnest yes uh, in a way like the instead of going instead of it being people texting lol owned back and forth and being a game like about irony poisoning which is what uh, Dunn County was this just has a character v- fully earnestly not even as a joke do the maths lady meme yeah um, and i think it's you, the much better deployment of those kind of aesthetics and ideas you meet like a resistance like anti-capitalist resistance in this game and mostly they sit around their clubhouse talking about shit they could do that don't do uh and it's not played as like any sort of statement because you just go with them and help them and actually start kicking down all of the like fucking robots that are stealing everyone's crops and stuff like it's just good it's just like a nice like 
earnest version of this thing. Yeah, because the resistance thing could totally be one, uh, yeah, we're the resistance, and two, uh, look at these people not doing anything type thing. And instead it feels like a, a bit about we're going out to the club and hanging out and we're kind of mad about these things. We don't really have the agency to do anything about them. Um, and just ends up being more about just hanging out and doing stuff with your pals. Yes. Uh, which is a much better way until, to Until it. the beast shows up and kicks down some cops, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, this, it gets, it gets much better towards the end. I feel like, um, which is very rare with this kind of thing. Um, most, uh, I would say a lot of story-based games would like front load their most memorable stuff just, you know, because when you're making something, yes. that's what most people are going to see. Um, yes. But I feel like the better stuff here is like the stuff with the worms. Uh, yeah, the worms are really good. I I mean, my favorite thing is probably the dance contest out of nowhere, which is relatively early, but I just like when I have a rhythm game in the middle of a video uh, game that's not that. The dance contest is really good. God, rhythm games are amazing. I miss rhythm games. <laughs> yes. Yep. Well, no, obviously not going to cover anyone here because what are we going to say? It's good when you press the buttons in time with the music. Right. But like, y'all should play rhythm games. Putting deception to shame. Yep. In terms of things that are impossible to talk about. But it, it really is good when you push the buttons in time with the music. I cannot stress this enough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you get to the underground worms who uh, have had their like water dry up because everything's been dammed up for extraction and thus their underground space is not sustainable for them and so they've dug around deeper and just found like nuclear waste yep uh which one of them had decided it was good to drink and is now instead of a like thin black worm is a like round glowing green worm (laughs) i love him yes he's great uh, he like flies in during the final boss. Yes, to be a trampoline. Uh, it's very good, very silly. Uh, yeah. Uh, and this game understands that its mechanics are fairly simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a bit where like some of the platforming becomes kind of tedious, uh, especially when you're going down the um into the worm like lair mm-hmm. i think that's where the platform becomes most tedious but it does understand the, the its best mechanism for how its mechanics work aren't as like a puzzle game it's just like a gag delivery mechanic right yeah um and so there's lots of things like the you know there's metroidvania type you find a thing and you know you're going to need a thing to put in here but it, that thing's in a different town so you've got to go do that and solve these like very light use keys to open doors puzzles including like you know, you find a game console and there's nothing to play in it, and then you find someone else who's like, "I've made a game," and you you go you go take it to the console, right, and stuff like that. Yes, um, which is all very good, and it doesn't like achieve nothing. It, it doesn't achieve nothing. It doesn't like progress the the world nor story in any way. That just yeah. exists for its there's, own sake. Like at the very beginning, when you exit the side of the mountain, there's like a space up above where you're like, "I can't get up there." And eventually, when you can, you go back, and on the other side is just like a nice beach that you hang yes. out with. You yes. get like an achievement for hanging out at the beach. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because you, you go there later for uh, as you go back to that town, um, mm-hmm. and you have the the water hat that allows you to make the flowers grow. Um, yeah, and at the start of the game, of course, it's going to be like cool puzzles over there, and yeah, it's just a beach. Yeah, it's just a beach. There's a there's a beach ball. There's a lighthouse. You can't do anything with either other than kick the beach ball around. Some crabs will walk around at you. About That's it. Get, it's just nice. It's about to get so mad at the idea that you can't do anything with the beach ball. As if kicking the beach ball isn't the greatest thing <laughs> that this video game offers. Just kick the beach ball around. Yep. 
Uh, a lot of that is uh, little touches like that where there's like there's like a hidden collectible in the game, but it's not any actual like use. You go into some spaces that are like in hidden walls and you just can like zoom in and see like little bugs and snails that are cute. Yep. And they're just cute at you for like a second and then that's it. <laughs> Yeah, it's I was good. like, these are sounding kind of collectible because video games have broken my brain. Yeah. <laughs> and I realized that like, going through the game, like, no, none of these are they're just things. They just exist. Yeah. Remember when that uh, was how art worked? Yeah, you could just you could just you could just look at the stuff and enjoy it for what it is, and it's not like part of a checklist. <laughs> video games have broken my brain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was my reaction. Uh, like, Pikachu has like a story and a plot, but it reminds me of games like uh, like Windowsill yeah. or uh, there's uh, uh, there's one that's like called Alphabet. I think it might just be called Alphabet. That's like a kids game. It's about teaching letters, but it's just like you touch the letter and it does something. It's like a mobile game mm-hmm. um, that are just like more just interactive, fun experiment like experiences than they are like a video game in the way that we formally talk about, like, you know, you start the game and you do stuff and you get to the end and you see all the content and that's it. Um, and Pikuniku manages to bridge that stuff better than most games I've ever seen of this type, because when a game's cute, I usually want to play it. Um, but it, I, it's got to the point where like, I've played enough donut counties in the world where like I, when Pikuniku came out earlier this year, I was like, ah, this is just another one of those. Oh, fuck that. I'm not going to bother with it. Uh, until it was on sale on switch. And I was really hurting for something to make me feel good about video games again. I was like, I'll play the cute red blob game. This, if this disappoints me, I knew that going in and only spent like $5 on it and ended up being super surprised at how nice and considerate it is both of like time spent and what you get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's at some point once you start kicking robots, there's coins like all over the world, uh, and you can pick them up, but you don't need them for anything. There's not much gating around the coins, and there's way more coins than there is stuff to spend them on. So you just kind of can collect them if you want. Not a big deal. It's nice. It's nice that you don't have to get 800 moons. Um, I, I I'll tell you why it is. It is um, you collect the coins, and if you collect, uh, not all of them, but if you are pretty diligent about the coins on the way to the town in the trees then you can mm-hmm. get the actual cool glasses. <laughs> yeah, no, I got the actual cool glasses. Yeah. Um, that's it. That's all. They're just cool on the other glasses. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, like there's like little things, but it's not, you know, it's not a big deal. Like, I feel like a different version of this game would have gated your progress based on you need to make sure that you've gotten like 80% of the coins in this area before yep. the tree will fall down and you can walk across it to the lake. Oh, definitely. And also, like, you talked to me earlier, right, um, about this game, where it fits in this kind of uh, new um, style of its theming is, like, on one level uh, slightly ironic, as it's like, it's a cute game, but look, there's the evil capitalism man. But not really. Like, it is just that. It's just that for kids. Um, Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of like this is where this is where cartoons are, right? Like you can have messages and themes and still just be like a fun thing to mess with and play through. Like the part where it never winks about like, uh, oh, our message about capitalism is like crazy because we put it in this cute thing. It's like, no, like kids can have a story about how extracting corn out of it, like stealing everyone's food to give them money that they can't spend anything on because they didn't have a society about buying shit is a thing you should teach your kids about because it's the hell we live in. Yep. And yeah, like I know Donut County has been our go-to this entire episode. It's just a symbol for these kind of games, but there's, yep. there not being any kind of like irony wink and nod is so refreshing. 
yes and because yeah it just is that and it's fine because that's like you gotta remember which I, I know this also got co-opted by irony over the last decade this is just what sonic is on some level um yeah like yeah. This is just what the real I, things are. Us, us, genuine, earnest, hashtag Sonic Studies. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, have not heard Sonic Studies in a few years. It's us. We're Sonic Studies. We can't, that's, I'm cutting that out. <laughs> it's just true. Why would you cut it? Uh, one, I'm editing this. <laughs> you have to cut that out. No, we're yeah. Sonic study. We we are. We literally played through a bunch of Sonic games and care a lot about Sonic now. This is the life we lead. Someone else's brand. Yeah. More people can have the brand. It was a movement. That's why it has a hashtag. <laughs> movement. The Sonic size movement continues. Yep. Uh, but yeah, like this is just a, a honest one of those, and it was good. Um, because like remember, um, there was a there's a terrible uh video a while back that was like, did you know? that katamari is anti-capitalist and it's like about things and it's a subversive message uh which is a thing that a lot of uh like recent things like pick up on is like this makes it subversive and it it doesn't having that message doesn't isn't subversive of anything katamari is not subversive it was just that it was just that there was no subversion it was just plainly that and it was just nice about it uh And so it was just this. about recognizing how much random shit is in the world and how little all of it matters, but how it still has weird nostalgia attached to it. Like the commodification of things and learning to like look past that is literally what Katamari is about. You roll up all the stuff and then you see all the stuff. You get to collect it and look at it. It's it has the, cool text with it. It's the secret darkness. <laughs> it's not. Not everything is a game theory. Some things just have themes. You know, uh, and they're not secrets or twists they're just there uh, and pika yeah, embodies that in a very good way um and you get to the final boss and then you just kind of kick him into space you yep. uh because it's just a, they understand that a gag is better than a boss fight yep. which is the truest thing that has ever been said yeah uh, but that's my thoughts on pika i don't know if you've got anything more to say no, I think that's pretty good. It's a good game. You should play it. Uh, it I, it's like pretty short. It's like I play. I think I like I did less than three hours in that game and saw pretty much everything. Like I didn't get all of the trophies that you can collect, but I wasn't interested in like exhausting the space. Yes. Um. Uh. You know, get it on sale maybe. It, 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 like all video games these days, when I have a much more limited budget, I'm like everything's a little too expensive. But it's a good time. Yep. Um. So yeah, that's Pikaniku. I'm glad I played it. I need to play more short, cool games and less big, long, tiring games is the answer. Yep, so how's Cinebite Chronicles trading you? Uh, I mean, I played two hours. I haven't played it in like five <laughs> days, so I can't tell you. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> you can't do this to me. I just did. <laughs>
right. Normally this would be where we have emails, but I didn't put out a call. It's on me, but we don't have any emails. If you want to send emails about video games, please send them to podcast at normalmapping.com. Uh, and just let us know. We talk about and the games we're going to play, uh, anything about video games. Uh, you know, we don't play everything, so we're not experts, but we'll do our best to lie to you. Uh, uh, I would love just some broad video game questions. Just anything you got. Hit us with some questions, please. Uh, someone in my Curious Cat last night asked me what I thought about the critical backlash of open world games. And I was like, I don't know. I play, I've played like two of them in the last five years. I'm not the person to ask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think they, I think they abuse people's time. Uh, but also, I really like the ways in which they can model mundanity. And people should play Sleeping Dogs in Yakuza. They're playing one of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, that's not true. People are playing Sleeping Dogs because it's about 50 pence on Steam every week. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you have, if, if you bought Sleeping Dogs and have not played it, please fucking play Sleeping Dogs. Jesus Christ. It's very good. Uh, yeah. But yes, no, any, any question. You get curious cat questions all the time, uh, which is good. Uh, don't get me wrong, but just you could you could treat the email inbox not dissimilarly because I get to answer them too. I can't answer curious cat twisted questions on Twitter. That would be hell. Because uh, I have yeah. too many followers. <laughs> yeah, Jackson can't do Curious Cat anymore. But if you want to send Jackson Curious Cats at podcast at normalmapping.com, we will answer them next month. Jackson, what's our next game? <sighs> Drumroll, please. <laughs> it is Sonic Adventure 2. Uh, yeah. Battle! <laughs> I battle. guess the, the, the one my brain immediately goes to because I played this game on the GameCube when it came out. Is it still Sonic Adventure Two Battle on Steam, or is it just Sonic Adventure Two? I don't. Now? I think it's just Sonic Adventure Two. I don't know. It is the the version of that game that is out now. Yeah, uh, and that's what we're gonna be playing. I'm looking forward to it uh, because we haven't really covered Sonic here, despite the fact that between the two of us, we've played basically every Sonic game that exists. Yeah, outside of Unleashed, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't touched Unleashed. Um, I there's like like I've never touched Sonic R like some of those like weirder spinoff. I've ones. not played the the advanced games. Have you played the advanced games? Yeah, they're good. Okay, um, played some Rush because I'd love the soundtrack because I'll follow. Um, the, uh, I think it's in Rush also, but in the in the advanced games you can do tricks while you're grinding rails by pressing the shoulder button. Oh shit! Yeah, video games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we're going to talk about Sonic next month, because you're like, oh, this deception thing, yeah. Um, I, I was like, I need about. to feel good about video games again, and I looked at my, I looked at things I might be interested in, and I was like, we should talk about fucking Sonic the Hedgehog. We're going we're gonna to bring everything back, we're going to energize yeah. this podcast, come back stronger yeah. than ever with Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Maybe you've heard of him. Adventure 2. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because I don't actually like Sonic the Hedgehog, I like... I like the 3D Sonics. That's who I am. That's who I am, too. <laughs> uh, so that's it. Uh, Jackson, plugs. I am at Headfuls Off on Twitter, and you can find the podcast we do at abnormalmapping.com. We have a bunch there, but you should really listen to Repertory Screenings, which is our new movie podcast uh, that comes out uh, every two weeks. There'll be a new one next week. It's a little delayed, um, but that's generally the schedule is bi-weekly. And it's uh, where we watch every time a new movie Um and they're good. Well, I guess they're old movies, but they're mostly new yeah. to us. Uh, and it's a good yeah. way to just watch movies and talk about them. I feel very, very happy about our selection so far. And going forward, we've got some good plans. Uh, it's uh, it's our favorite, my favorite podcast for us to do right now. Uh, and Destiny's yeah. on that 
So it's uh, three of us talking about movies. Yeah, if you've listened to old and more mappings and like, what happened to Destiny? One, she's busy, and two, she's now on repertory screenings. So yep, uh, it's very. very you think good. I don't play video games much? Uh, yeah, no, there's no more style savvies. So Destiny's done. No, Animal Crossing. Animal, Animal Crossing's about yeah. <laughs> like, is it, what is what's next? It's Animal Crossing, and occasionally both of you think I should get back into Binding of Isaac, and then don't uh in march jackson's gonna be doing this podcast by themselves because i mean destiny gonna be playing animal crossing anyone wants to submit the applications of being uh, my co-host <laughs> for for march 2020 to march 2021 that'd be great because yeah. you just yeah. won't be present <laughs> for all because yeah. it's always every animal crossing game the full year and then you're free that's it yeah i mean i have to give myself a limit uh, one, it allows me to dump as much time as I want knowing it has an end point for me. And two, it allows me to get the hell out of there when I'm done. Yeah, but if anyone wants to be on this podcast, please let me know. <laughs> uh, where else can um, you find me? Find us. Find a little bit of uh, there. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being. Uh, you can find this podcast on patreon.com slash mapping where you can support for $1, you will get every week The Great Gundam Project, uh, which is me and Jackson talking two episodes of Gundam. Right now it's Victory Gundam, and usually a backup show. Right now it's Macross, which Woo! is the best mech show that we've seen ever. So, you know, you should be watching Macross. Even if you don't listen to our show, watch Macross. Um, it's really, really, really good. Uh, aside from that, if you don't subscribe to that, uh, sometimes we do anime episodes that are dictated by our patrons or stuff that doesn't fall into the mech umbrella. And for those, we do a side anime podcast called Your Uncle's Beach House, which now has its own dedicated feed. If for some reason you don't subscribe to the Patreon, you can go to abnormalmapping.com and there will be a link there to iTunes, RSS. You can just put it into your podcast app. It'll pull up now. We did all that work. Uh, and we recently released an episode about Joe. If you were part of the current anime discourse, we have an episode we did last year about Evangelion. Um, you know, understand that we have conflicted feelings about Evangelion going into that. Um, negative feelings, really. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I don't like Evangelion. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, with all that said, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, tell your friends, please. Word of mouth is the best way to spread the show. Uh, we're looking on maybe changing up our format next couple months a little bit, but we'll give you more information when we know what we're doing. Um, but <laughs> we're thinking about we're thinking about maybe doing like smaller games more frequently i don't know we're, we're, things are up in the air uh but as we approach episode 100 uh it's time to start thinking about what we're going to do to get to episode 200 this is uh, without dying this is really funny to me because we were thinking about making some changes and we might do that but we decided to put that off by playing some fucking sonic <laughs> yes that's actually what happened uh yeah um podcast isn't going anywhere we're still going to cover old games absolutely that's not going to change uh we'll do it the way we do it um we just might do some you know smaller games more frequently or no rpg <laughs> don't, we yeah. don't know we don't know what it's gonna look like yet but like i said we're on the road to 100 time to think about it because i want to be doing these uh podcasts until video games are dead and the earth has been salted and we are just covering all the old games left to play yep uh and I think that'll take another five years. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, al alongside Unicorn or whatever. Yep. Um, uh, thanks, everybody. Come hang out on our Discord if you're listening to this. Uh, yeah. The link is in on the website, abnormalmapping.com, if we didn't say three times already. World's longest outro. Goodbye. <laughs>
Oh, no.